0: Cheers.
1: Somebody knows what I'm talking about. God is in the rescue business.
2: I'm
1: just so glad. I'm so glad that I know whose I am and I am. Nobody gets the glory in here today but
2: God. Said again, no one gets glory but God.
1: Because God has been good to us. No matter who you are or where you come from, God has been good to you. And even if you don't know it, God still has been good to you. And so I, I come today, I come to give Him praise. I don't know about you, but I'm going to praise my God today because God has been good to me. If it had not been, if it had not been for the Lord, where would I be? When I woke up this morning and my feet hit the floor, I realized that blood was running through my body that God has given me in one more day, yeah. one more amen amen let me greet all of our guests I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who is worthy of all praise glory and honor thank you for coming today and being a part
2: of our annual family and friends today and therefore
1: being a part of the success of this special day in the life of our church. It is our pleasure and joy to have you here with us today. And please know that we love you with the love of the Lord. Even if we've never set eyes on you before, we loved you with the love of the Lord. For you see, we had a charge from God to love unconditionally. For it was he who loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son so that we might have the right to eternal life. Yeah. Our theme for this special day, as most of you know by now, is a gathering of of love. For as family and friends gather here today, we gather in love. For you see, it was love that brought you here today, and you were invited by a family member or a friend, and you came for the most part because of your love for them and your desire to worship our God. So I have been led to explore this concept of love today. <laughs> what is love? What is love? We know that true love comes from God. And only God has true love. For the Bible tells us that God is love. Yeah. And so we want to look at love today from a biblical, practical, and Common sense point of view. Amen, somebody. Amen. We do not have time to go into the depths of love, for love has no bottom to it.
2: Come on. <laughs> Turn. Turn.
1: But the scripture gives us two aspects of it which we can greatly enhance our lives with. If we are children of God, then he has already put that love already inside of us. Amen. 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 You see, whenever we love, it is God who gets the glory, therefore making us pleasing in his eyes. All right. But something happened at the foot of the cross. Something happened there that we need to take a look at. And so I want to speak to you today briefly on, using as my title, if I may, uh, Two Exhibitions of Love, Two Exhibitions of Love. text will be coming from the Gospel of John, chapter 19, verses 25 through 27. We want to look at two things today in a brief matter of time silence of love and love and spoken love. The silence of love and spoken love. I'm going to ask our worship leader Latrice Richmond to come at this time and read a text. That's the Gospel of John uh, chapter 19 verses 26 Five through 27 and while she is coming I would ask that you turn up all your cell phones or any electronics that you have on you so we won't disturb God's word. Amen. Please stand as we give reverence to the word. The
0: Gospel of John chapter 19 verse 25 to 27. Standing close to Jesus' cross was his mother. His his sorry. Standing close to Jesus' cross, where his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, his wife, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Jesus saw his father and the disciple he loved standing there. So he said to his mother, "He is your son." Then he said to the disciple, "She is your mother." From that time, the disciple took her
1: to live in his home. May we have the blessing to the reading and a reference to the word. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you for this time that you have given us. We ask, O God, that you would send your Holy Spirit, that he might enlighten us, O God, and he might tell us what thus says the Lord. We thank you for this opportunity to give you glory and praise and honor. Now God has your spirit go for us and it would fill this sanctuary so we might know what thus says the Lord. It is in the blessed holy and the master's name of Jesus that we say thank you and amen. Today's text is usually preached on Good Fridays as many of you know but there are two Excellent exhibitions of great love at the foot of the cross. In verse 25, and uh, I'll read again for confirmation of God's word. I always like to confirm God's word. Standing close to Jesus' cross were his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Curtis, and Mary Magdalene. They were all standing there in silence. There were other people around, but they were at the foot of the cross. They weren't saying anything in silence. Jesus' mother was there too at the foot of the cross, having to endure her son being crucified in great agony that goes with it, for this is her son whom she loved. She's not wailing, she's not crying out or calling out for God to save him, but she just stands there in silence. Helpless. Have you been helpless? Ever been in a situation where you could do absolutely nothing about it? No matter what you said or what you do wasn't going to help the situation. I've been there and I, I assume most of you have been there too. It's a terrible feeling being helpless. Especially with someone that you love. Who you truly love. And there's nothing you do about it? it. Well, thank you, Father. Thank you. You see, sometimes there is a time to be quiet, and there's also a time to speak out. But he, she, she, she's silent. Ecclesiastes three seven tells us there's a time to be silent and there's a time to speak. Mary is caught up. Uh, in the silence of love. (laughs) Love has commanded her to be silent. There comes a time in our lives when we have done all that we can do about a situation and, and the situation does not improve, then it's time to be quiet, or I should say time to be quiet and rest in God's love. Although you might not be able to do something about it, there is somebody who can do something about it. Mary knew this. She understood this. You see, Mary came from a godly family, and she remembered in silence the scriptures that she was taught when she was young. Would <laughs> oh, somebody help me here. And she remembered uh, Exodus 14.14 14, where the text told her the Lord will fight for you if you only have to be silent. And
2: right. yeah.
1: <laughs> she remembered the book of the prophet Habakkuk in, in the uh, second chapter, uh, verse 20 where the text says the Lord is in his holy temple let all the earth keep silence before him. Yeah. And she remembered these things. Yes. She remembered in Psalms 46, 10a, where the text to her, Be still and know that I am God. Yes. Yes.
2: Be still and yes. know that I am God. There's a time to be quiet. There are times
1: when we just have to leave it in God's hands. For there is nothing else that we can do. Now to leave it in God's hands, we have to have some kind of relationship with God to realize that God's going to take care of this for me. Mm -hmm. Amen, somebody. For we must realize that God is love. I said God is love. It was the love of God that got Mary through this witnessing of the horrible death of her son. Love is a powerful attribute. You see, it was love that made all of you come here today. Amen, somebody. Yet there comes a time when the same silence of love that Mary experienced will also be there to help us. I remember... At my mother's funeral, I remember feeling that love, even though I knew, knew nothing about God, but God knew about me. I remember the peace that come over me as I went into that funeral home for my mother's funeral. And I often think about that, even though I didn't know him, God still had mercy on my soul. And I remember the peace was just overwhelming to me. And it was that peace of God that come from the love of God that got me through that situation, that time in my life. And I never forgot it. Now Mary knew this day was coming because she had been forewarned uh, many years earlier Simon, Simeon, the god feared man in Luke 2, when he saw Mary's baby Jesus, he told Mary these words in verses 34 and 35 of Luke, the second chapter. Simeon blessed him and said to Mary, his mother, Jesus' mother, this child is chosen by God for the destruction and the salvation of many in Israel. He will be a sign from God which many people will speak against and so reveal their secrets and sorrow like a sharp sword will break your own heart. And here Mary is as the words come true as she looks up at her son in
2: silence.
1: But at that time God just showered love on this Mary so that love and his peace so that she would get through this here. <laughs> you see, there's sometimes, or sometimes that uh, we always think that we can do, you know, I can do this and you can do this, but no, we can't. No. There's some times that this world will make you shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you will look for somebody to help you, yeah. but God says that He's always available. Yeah. And sometimes we have to just be still and know that I am God. That there is nothing in this world or the next world that I can't handle. And so he gets her through this difficult period in her life. The love and peace healed Mary's broken heart. So Mary knew this day was coming, but even when we know something is coming that is going to challenge us, we still cannot adequately prepare ourselves for it. Mm-hmm. It is then when we have to be silent and rest in God's love. So I don't know what the outcome is going to be next week, but I'm facing a challenge next week, and, and I don't know what to do about it. Well, the do about it is just be still, and trust in God. I remember some years ago, when my daughter Shelly left here, going uh, back to her army base in Virginia in the wintertime, and she had the little raggedy piece of a car, this rag top, that I wouldn't even drive on a golf course. (laughs) And she took off from here. I think it was a January day when she left out of here. And the cow was rank and knocking and all that kind of stuff. I said, so, oh Lord, have mercy on that child. <laughs> well, she got going through the, many of you have been through the West Virginia mountains in January, you know that it's challenging. And she came into this storm. It was a major winter storm at that time. And here she is out there in this little raggedy car, no snow tires, no nothing, just driving. And she pulled over to a gas station and she called me, frightfully scared, she didn't know what to do, and she called her daddy. And when she called her daddy, I called my
2: because her daddy couldn't take care of it, but my father
1: could take care of it. I couldn't be where she was at. That was some six, 800 miles. I couldn't physically be there, but I know that my father could be there. Even when I couldn't be. And so I said, you know what, daughter? I'm I'm going to pray. I want you to, every time you go to a gas station, you stop and, and call me and let me know, and while, all while she was driving, I was on my knees praying to my father. I prayed and I knew he would answer me because I've read the scriptures. And I know that the scriptures don't lie. And so here was his child in need of some help for my child. And I knew that God would answer my prayers because the text tells me that God would answer my prayers. And I believe what God said in his text. And so I prayed and I prayed. I prayed her through West Virginia. I prayed her through the mountains of Virginia. I kept praying and praying, and the more it snowed, the hotter I prayed. And the hotter I prayed, the more God heard me. And God made a way for her out of nowhere. He made a way for her. I know when I was in this raggedy, rickety car. she got through it. When she got back to the base, she told me I'm home, daddy, and I got on my knees, and I thanked God for hearing my prayer that I thank Him. I said, I know that you heard my prayers and I know that you would answer my prayers, but I thank you anyhow because you have been so good to me.
2: That's
1: why I praise Him. That's why I glorify Him. That's why I magnify Him because for me to be on my knees that long. But when you love somebody, it doesn't matter. If my my kneecaps came off, it wouldn't matter. Because I was praying for someone that I love. And if you really love somebody, you can endure pain. I'm on somebody, if you really love somebody,
2: you can endure pain.
1: You see, God glorifies himself through our silence and our rest in his love. Consider the 11th chapter of John, the first seven verses. It says, a man named Lazarus who lived in Bethany became sick. And Bethany was a town where Mary and her sister Martha lived. This Mary was the one who poured the perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. It was her brother Lazarus who was sick. The sisters sent Jesus a message, Lord, your dear friend is sick. When Jesus heard it, he said, the final results of this sickness will not be the death of Lazarus. This has happened in order to bring glory to God. And it will be the means by which the Son of God will receive glory. For we know the rest of this story. Because we know that Lazarus was raised from the dead. Jesus waited. He waited. I don't know if he waited in silence, but he waited. Sometimes you have to wait. Sometimes you have to wait. God is in no hurry whatsoever. God is not ruled by watches or time. That doesn't rule God. God has his own agenda. When and when he will do something, and when he will do it. But one thing you can relieve, when God says something, he means it. He'll do it. Yes, he
2: does.
1: What would have given God the most glory? Jesus healing Lazarus from his sickness, or Jesus raised him from the dead. Sometimes God waits so he can get the glory. Sometimes he let the situation deteriorate to the point of almost that it's not gonna happen, and then God shows up so he can get the glory. Not you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Instead, Jesus waited, or he could say it was silent for Lazarus' situation. He waited two days because he knew that God was going to get the glory of raising Lazarus from the dead. It pained Mary to watch in silence while her son died. But three days later, God got the glory. He got the glory. God could have rescued my daughter from that snowstorm, and it had pained me to think of her going through that snowstorm as I kept my silence and love. But what would have given God the most glory? Delivering her from the storm or allowing her to go through the storm? God got the glory. God always gets the glory. Whew,
2: thank you, Jesus.
1: Old man Job was sick. His friends came and they sat in silence. They didn't come doing a whole lot of talking. They just sat there in silence for seven days. not saying a word, sometimes we have to be silent and let God work. Let God work. So there's a time to be silent and the time to love. We see that a lot of times when we go to people whose loved ones have died, we go there and we're full of chatter. Talk all the time. Sometimes just them knowing that you're there, just knowing that the presence of someone I love is here to help me means more than a thousand words. Just be silent sometime and let God work. Let him work. Whew, thank you, Jesus. In difficult times when you're going through some stuff, you get a bad doctor's report or something's going on in your life and you can't fix it. Instead of pulling your hair out, instead of thinking all oh, these things, what I should do, just be still. Just be still. God knows. Just be still and let God work. Go into your prayer closet. Go in there. And fall on your knees and talk to your Father. So there's a time to be silent in love. Then there's a time when love speaks. A time to speak out. Sometimes you're silent. And sometimes you speak out. At the foot of the cross that day when Mary was standing there, love spoke. Verses 26 and 27 tells us Jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved standing there so he said to his mother he is your son then he said to the disciple she is your mother from that time on the disciple took her to live in his home now Jesus speaks and he is the ultimate love and all he says is eight words eight words that's all he said but they are significant. To his mother, he says, he is your son. And to John the disciple, whom he loved, he says, she is your mother. Just think, I want you to think about this for a minute, of all the healings that he performed, making the blind see and the lame walk, and calming the wind and the waves, and even raising the dead. Right before he is to die, he performs a service of love for he makes sure his mother is taken care of in his absence. Of all the stuff he did comes right down to his mother. Take care of my mother. I'm I'm talking about love here. I'm talking about love. Of all the things that we do and all the, the stuff that we've got going on in our lives, we should never, ever forget the ones whom we love. Never forget the ones whom we love. And so Jesus gives an example here of all the great things he's done. comes down to loving his mother, take care of my mother. this act of Jesus love I want you to know it goes deeper than that somebody help me here right. that's the surface part of it because when he ascended into heaven for the last time here on earth (laughs) he also in an act of love made sure that those who believe in him will be taken care of. <coughs> he made sure that we would be taken care of. Just like his mother. For John 14 verses 15-20, through 20, Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. Yes, Lord. Yes,
2: Lord,
1: yes, Lord. Yes. Oh, by the way, a <laughs> Who will stay with you forever? why when my daughter was going through the storm, I knew that something inside of me was with me that was there forever. And if I would just pray to God, God would hear me. This comforter who has come into my life, no, by the way, who is also come into your life, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, he will always be there to comfort you. He will always be there to take care of you because when Jesus left, he sent the helper, the comforter, who is the Holy Spirit. He will always be there for you if you would only stir up the spirit that was in you. sometimes we're our own worst enemies. We let all these distractions get us off cue and we forget who we really are. We forget who our father is. We forget sometimes that nothing is impossible for him because we get distracted by different things. Going on in that text He's the one who will stay with you forever, who reveals the truth about God. The world cannot receive him because it cannot see him, all know him. But you know him because he remains with you and is in you. And he says, when I go, you will not be left all alone. I will come back to you. In a little while, the world will see no more. But you will see me, and because I live, you will live also. When that day comes, you will know that I am in my Father, and that you are in me, just as I am in you. See, we must remember that God never promised to take us out of the storms of life. But he did promise he would be with us in the storms of life. And he sent his Holy Spirit to guide us through the storms. and If we would only first be silent, and then let the Holy Spirit speak through us, to our situations, therefore bringing us peace of mind and peace of soul. Yes, there's a time to be silent, and there's a time to speak. chapter 19 verses 39 through 40 the Pharisees were having a hard time trying to keep Jesus' disciples quiet because it was time to talk. And so they speak to Jesus about the matter and the text tells us then some of the Pharisees in the crowd spoke to Jesus' teacher, they said, command your disciples to be quiet. And Jesus said, I tell you that if they keep quiet, the stones and will start shouting. When it's time to speak speak when it's time to be quiet be quiet and know when to do which one when even God's inanimate creation knows when to speak and not in language we understand but they speak in their own way and they are constantly glorifying God Nineteen psalm, the first four verses says how clearly the sky reveals God's glory, how plainly it shows what he has done. Each day announces to the following day, each night repeats it to the next. No speech or words are used, no sound is heard, yet their message goes out to all the world and is heard to the ends of the earth. I don't know about you. If you ever went out in the in the midnight, in the clear night, and looked up at the skies, you know that there's a God, and the stars are speaking, saying there is a God that glorifies and magnifies. There's a God who made us. There is a God. If you ever taken a trip, a long trip across country, and you come to the majestic mountains, you know that only God could make those mountains like that. You ever been in a, a, a look at the sea and the waves come in and stop at a certain point and go on? You know it's only God who gave the command to come in and then go back out. You know there's a God. And if he can take care of all the creation, inanimate creation, surely, surely he'll be able to take care of us. Come on, somebody. Somebody
2: ought to get some praise here. Somebody ought to get some praise But he's worthy of all praise. And he's
1: worthy. So at the foot of the cross, Jesus, Jesus' mother stands there. And John, his first cousin. And Jesus' mother, there were three family members there. And the rest of them there were supporters of Jesus. Family, supporting family, gathered at the cross for the one that they love. All of them at the cross, knowing. And Jesus knew that that when he died, oh, by the way, he gave up his own life. Nobody took his life. He gave it up on his own free will. Whenever he decided to give it up, that's when he gave it up. And oh, by the way, when he gave it up, he gave it up for you, and he gave it up for me. And for all the world, he gave it up for us. And at the foot of the cross, Mary stood by her son in the silence of love, and God comforted her. And her son, Jesus, who is love, spoke to her in love and provided for her. And today we gather here in love, and, and God has called us to surrender our all to him in love, like Mary. And let the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit Help us surrender our all to God. Oh, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Let us feel your presence today in this sanctuary. We come to give you glory. We come to give him praise. We come to say thank you. As we gather together here in this sanctuary, we come to praise the Lord. We come to say thank you in love. Somebody help me here today. Somebody help me to give God some praise here. Anything.
2: Everything yeah. I give yeah. to you. If we can hold back.
1: Doing all that stuff, but today I don't know
2: how long we're gonna be here, but today I get it, my